Well, welcome back to another episode of Concierge Minister Podcast. I am really thrilled to be here today. Um, and I, man, to this has been a long time, but I, I actually discovered that an old friend of mine had just written a book, your host, just published right off the, the, the presses. And so I contacted uh, Dr. Carl Rafey um, to send me a copy of his book. And Carl, before we get started, I just want you to know I'm not one of those people who just collects free books. I'm going to pay for your book. Okay. So, so you, you actually, you know, get, get a sale out of me, but um, I, I sat down and read it in like two days. I mean, it was a, a really great um, read, inspiring, motivational. And uh, for our listeners, um, some of you guys always ask me like, hey, where do you get all these like speakers from? And how do you know all these people? Well, let me tell you, Carl, the last time I saw Carl was about 30 years ago when we were both dying together on the Appalachian Trail. And uh, we survived seven yeah. days of the Appalachian Trail. We survived uh, some craziness. And so it's great to see you, Carl. Thanks for joining my podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, man. It's uh, great to see you. I love your book. I love your book title, Fix Your Stupid. <laughs> I wish I would have come up with that because I could use that on a lot of people. So let's just start right there. Why, 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 did, you, uh, why, did, why did you use that title? I just kind of came naturally. Um, I was at a seminar uh, maybe three years ago, and I like to do you know as much as I can with personal motivation and all that stuff. And so I was at this seminar and it was a seminar where people could get up and ask questions and then they would get answers. And I just kept watching people get up and asking pretty much the same essential question. Mm. Um, and then they would argue for their limitations. And it, basically people just wanted someone to say, hey, it's okay, you're going through this. And, you know, things happen to you. And, you know, really people don't want to take control of their life. Mm-hmm. And this seminar is also a seminar that you go to you can go every month if you want. And I'm like, these people have been to this seminar and they're bragging that they've been there so many times. And I'm like, if you're not fixing any, you know, it's like, fix your stupid, you know, you're being stupid, fix it. And so the person next to me would be like, boy, you could write a book about that. And I'm like, I think I will. (laughs) And then came to be. That's awesome. So let's just define stupidity. In your your book, what do you kind of describe it as? as a quantifier it's pretty simple there's in life we either act or we react and so think of like a pinball machine right so you're either the ball getting flipped around where everyone's telling you or you're the person flipping the flippers and making the ball go where it needs to go uh-huh. and so most people have been trained to you know listen to everyone else and understand they really don't have any control over their life and they constantly are just reacting. They're reacting to the news. They're reacting to their job. They're reacting to their spouse, their kids. And they're just constantly being stupid because they have no control in their life. And then they have regrets and then they have disappointments and then they have depression. And all of that just is a downward spiral. So fixing your stupid means act instead of react. You know, uh-huh. if something's going to happen in your life, what is your feelings going to be about that? And because when it comes down to it, no matter what we want in our life, we really, it's the feeling we get when we get it that we really want. Um, So 
Fixing and, and, your stupid me and, and the stupid is just the reaction and changing it into action. Yeah, and that, that leads me to kind of, there was a thread I felt um, throughout your book and that was just basically um, kind of understanding and being content with happiness. Um, really, really discovering what happiness means. And that's different for every, every different person. So talk a little bit about that. So for me and what I've discovered, happiness is really a balance of three things in your life. Um, it's your overall health, um, it's the love in your life, and it's your wealth. And so if you can balance those three and increase them, then you can increase your overall, overall happiness. Because if you have one without the other two, then there's gonna be discontent. What, one of the things that you, that you are saying is that you know, in order to have one, you have to have the other two as well. Because some people think if I just have wealth, I'll be happy, I'll be happy and I'll be content. But really, you need to be able to work on all three at the same time. We all know people who have more money than they even can spend, but they can barely even go up or down a flight of steps because they're in they a heart condition. Um, we all know people who have, you know, great health. They're bodybuilders and they're fitness experts and but they're struggling every day to pay their bills. Um, you know, and some same thing, someone can have help but not be in love. And so you have to be able to balance these things and use them together to have true happiness in life. Uh -huh. You know, when I was reading your book, I was thinking, man, I'm getting like a personal workshop from Tony Robbins. <laughs> <laughs> first thing I do when I wake up is I just, I try to connect to the higher power. You know, um, just wake up in the morning and get connected. It may take a minute, it may take whatever, everyone doesn't have to take very long, take 10 seconds. You just say, hey, good morning, be with me today, help me to be the best person I can be. I want to start out this day and I want to be able to help as many people as I can and I want to make myself happy. You know, whatever connecting is to you. For me, I just connect. And that makes me, you know, makes me feel good. You're listening to the Concierge Minister Podcast with Dr. Kumar Dixit. If you found this podcast helpful to your spiritual journey, please make sure you give us a five-star rating and subscribe to Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Also, remember to share this podcast with your friends and family. Now let's get back to the conversation with Kumar. So one of the themes in your book is talking about changing your mind or your mindset and how that will change your life. Um, I, I really feel like you're onto something, but, but the thing is, everybody says that, oh, just change your mind, just change the way that you, you approach things, but it's so difficult to actually really change it. So how, how do you do that and how does that change your life? Well, so yeah, so um, basically one of the quotes that I have in my book is, what you think about is what you speak about, and what you speak about is what you bring about. Oh. So even my kids, if I say what you think about, they'll say, yeah, what you bring about, dad, you know? And I've tried to instill that in them because, you know, again, it comes back to taking action and planning ahead versus just reacting to everything in life. So there's basically two ends to a stick that every problem or solution is there. So you have the problem end and the solution end and or you have the positive end and the negative end when you focus your mind a lot of times you're focusing on that bad side of the stick so for example if you want to get more money 
you start thinking about, well, I need more money. Why do I need more money? I need, how do I get more money? How do I save more? But you, you're coming at it from a lack perspective. You're coming at it from that side. Uh-huh. And so changing your mind is to go to the other side and say, hey, you know what? Everything has always been okay and has worked out in my life. How can I make things work out better? Uh-huh. You know, And that's where it comes to using your mind to appreciate everything you have. Uh-huh. Because like I said before, it's when you want a new car, you want the new car, but it's really the feeling of that new car that you want to have. Uh-huh. And, you know, when you want wealth, most people are looking for freedom. Right. And so when you back off of the particulars and the details and you go from detail to general with your mind, you can change the feeling of how you feel about situations. And when you change the way you feel about situations, you're open to new opportunities. So I think what, you know, one of the things that came out to me is, you know, most of us live out of um, scarcity, what we don't have, what we wish we had, the lack of, rather than coming out of fulfillment. And so just living with a changing your mindset to say, hey, this is what I want to contribute. This is what I want from the world. This is what I want to give to the world rather than saying, you know, like using a vehicle, for example, you know, my car sucks. I'm never going to get a car. I wish I had a car, you know, instead of saying that you have to be able to really look at it differently to say, Hey, my life is going to be amazing. And this car, this vehicle that I'm going to get is going to help improve my life and my lifestyle. Exactly. So think of it like this. If, if, if you desire something and you focus on the feeling of what it, because the car is not going to make you happy, but if uh-huh. you get happy, then the car can come uh-huh. or the, the relationship can come or the health can come. We think we do things backwards as humans. It's like we expect a situation to change and then we can be happy. Uh-huh. So it can never come to us because we're constantly pushing it away. Oh. And we want someone to give that to us. It's like, oh, you know, if you do this, then I'll be happy. Well, yeah. if you can get happy, then you're going to allow all of those things to come to be because you're already happy. So yeah. Yeah, I like one that. of the biggest things is change, have the feeling. So we all have sat outside and closed our eyes and felt the sun on our face and smelled the fresh cut grass. I mean, so if you can now go back and relive that feeling, you know, you can apply that same principle to anything you want in life. So Carl, as somebody, you're, you're a chiropractor, um, as somebody who sees people who are generally in chronic pain and having physical disabilities, um, how much is that related, do you believe, to their, their um, mental outlook in life? I think a lot of it is. I mean, you can't necessarily say, hey, yes, you have a problem. If you just change your mind, your problem go away like that. Uh-huh. But I've had, you know, I've been a chiropractor for 20 years now. And I've seen people come in in similar situations, uh, similar x-rays, similar history, similar age. And some people want to get better. And they get better very quickly. And, you know, because they have a mindset of, I don't have to be like this, you know, you're going to help me here, you know, they believe that they can get better and they want to get back to tennis or whatever they were doing beforehand. Uh And I've also had people come in and, oh, this was done to me and, you know, I can't do this anymore and I'm probably going to have to give this up too. And, And those people don't get better nearly as fast, if ever, as the other people do. 
Uh-huh. And so in my book, I have some stories, but there are patients that I've been able to change their mind and how they look at things and what they appreciate. And then that they've been able to get better after that. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. That's good. That, that, that's really, really good. In, in your, in your book, uh, early on in your book, actually, um, you, you talk about EGS and RGS, um, not RBG, but RGS. <laughs> uh, can you t- tell me how that plays a role in, in, in people's lives? Yeah. Understanding these two principles is, is paramount in, in getting to where you want to go in life. Um, so you have, a, you have a built-in guidance system. And one is called your reticular guidance system and one is called your emotional guidance system. And they work together. So let's talk about the RGS or reticular guidance system first. This guidance system is a filter. Um, So have you ever noticed that, you know, you might decide on a car, you're talking about something with someone and all of a sudden you see that car on the street, a thousand of them a day. Uh They were still there yesterday, but your filter system wasn't letting them in because it wasn't a priority or something current in your life. Uh So, when you set your filter to allow things in that are going to be good for you and you have that system set up, then you're going to see more things that are good for you Uh where you might walk by a penny on the ground and never look at it. But if you're looking for it, you're going to find pennies everywhere. And so the same thing happens with, with a relationship with, you know, being in the right place at the right time, you know, seeing someone who you may have not noticed before, or, you know, all of the, and it, all the opportunities come with that. You might not answer the phone one day because of, you don't like to, but then when you are expecting a, a good call and you answer the phone expecting good news, then things can come in differently. And you, it, it just it filters in either the good or the bad. You know, oh, if you're oh. constantly watching the news and stressing about life and all of this stuff, then that's the filter that's going to bring in. Those are the conversations you're going to have with people. That's everything that's going to be in your life. And so when you change your mind, fix your stupid, and you set your filter on the good stuff, then the good stuff can come in. Okay. So what's- so the, the EGS is your emotional guidance system. Uh-huh. So uh, understanding your emotions and following your emotions, um, if something feels bad, get rid of it. Don't do it. You know, find uh-huh. a way to change your feeling about it. Yeah. Um, but your emotions are your guidance. If something's making you happy, then, you know, continue with that. Uh-huh. Uh, and setting that emotional guidance system, just like the GPS in your car. If you can really tap into your emotions, it doesn't matter where you've been. I mean, you get in the car and plug in your GPS. It doesn't say, well, where were you yesterday? <laughs> you know, uh-huh. if you to make a left-hand turn, it didn't say, why did you do that? It just says, okay, make a right-hand turn, make a U-turn, get back on track. And it's very straightforward. And your emotional guidance system can provide that to where you want to go as well. That's great. But a, a lot of it, I think a lot of what you're talking about is the idea that people have to first take responsibility for their own selves. Like they have to kind of admit where they are, how they got there before they can even make a change. Would you agree with that? Because I think that's one of the probably biggest challenges for most, most ordinary people is taking responsibility for their life and where I they totally, are now. I totally agree. People need to understand that they are the center of their own universe. You know, they are, you know, your life and my life might overlap, but 
ultimately the decision of who you are and what makes you you and what you want around you that's you uh -huh. um and and i'm the same way so you know you you have to take care of yourself because you can't get sick enough to make a, a sick person well uh -huh. you know you you have to take care of yourself and your happiness so your health wealth and your love if you're going to give that and you have to give to receive then you have to take care of yourself first and you have to take responsibility for everything in your life if you're in a bad relationship take responsibility what did you do to get there why did you attract that into your life if you don't have any money or your job is bad what did you do to allow those things to happen to your life and it's really hard for people to do if yeah. you're sick you know why is that and so but when you can really take responsibility for every minute little bad thing that's ever happened to you and say i take responsibility i don't know how this is my fault but i take responsibility then that sets you free yeah i think also what that does is it helps you prevent once you acknowledge it it helps you prevent making those same mistakes as quickly you know because yeah. you know well, and then you you catch on faster You're like oh i'm doing it again and yeah as long as you can forgive yourself for making a mistake you know it's like if so then you can get back on track that much faster yeah recognize yeah. forgive and get back on the horse uh -huh. so let's let's talk a little bit more about the kind of the, the 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 trio health wealth and love um how does that all work together in, in you know for somebody to live kind of the the, the life they want to they want to live yeah well and the really cool thing about it is you can't define it for everyone you know mm. some people let's talk about health first you know some people want to be bodybuilder material they want to be top in crossfit they wanted you know they want to like really take their body to the extreme level and to them that's being healthy uh -huh. some people want to eat a vegetarian diet and feel good and you know be super you know comfortable in them with themselves and that's yeah. healthy for them right so you know, and this, what's, a, what's good about this book is it helps people decide what is best for them in each of those areas. Uh -huh. okay. um, you know, so if you want to be healthy, what does, you know, if you could be the picture of health for yourself uh -huh. and how your lifestyle um, plays into that, you know, you travel a lot, you know, maybe your definition of health is a little bit different because you're not strict at the gym eating homemade meals all the time, you know? Yeah, yeah. But you... you you know, so you just have to find out what health is for you. Same thing with wealth. Some people want to be billionaires. Some uh -huh. people are really happy to live a simple life on and enjoy what they have. And, and, and the same thing with love, you know, what, what do you, what is a relationship to you? And it could be something where you're together all the time or something you can, somebody you can just travel with, you know, whatever that is for you, you have to specifically design that. Um, so you know what you're going after. You know, what I find really interesting, Carl, is like if you work in a nonprofit or even for, for a corporation, um, much of your work is related to the vision and mission of the organization and then trying to, I mean, I'm talking like corporate retreats. I'm talking about, you know, writing, you know, a 30 page white paper about, you know, where we're headed and what we're trying to do and how we're going to try to accomplish it. All the little groups and uh, departments are all supposed to be working towards that one goal for that clear mission. And yet, even though we can spend 50 to 60 hours a week in our professional life doing that for an organization, we very rarely do that 
actual exercise for ourselves. I agree. You know, like, like, you know, where I, I remember when I turned 30, um, I was with a group of friends, about eight or nine of us. And we were all like, okay, guys, what are we going to do? Um, you know, the next decade, you know, we all had, we all had to like admit that, you know, what we really wanted to do. And I remember saying, I'm going to finish my doctorate, you know, and that's like the one goal. And I ended up like doing my doctorate, completing it. The problem is that I didn't come up with another plan, you know, like in, my, <laughs> in my 40s, you know what I mean? So, so, you know, you, you got to like have a concrete plan for your life, but then you have to actually come out with how you're going to do it. And I think that's what you're addressing right. in your book. Well, yeah, if you don't have a goal, you know, and you can't work backwards to get to that goal, you're just basically, again, you're the pinball in the machine. It's like, uh-huh. everything is happening to you and you're, you, you know, you don't even really know what you want, but you just know you're, maybe you're not happy. Well, uh-huh. you have to define this, that, like you said, that corporate goal for yourself, the direction, the aim. Um, and then, and then yeah, way you have something to move forward. It allows you to make decisions um, based on what you want and what makes you feel better rather than just, Oh, this person's mad at me. So I have to do this or, you know, I need I have to go to work. So I have to pay the bill. It's like, right. you know, you're not getting, you're just spinning your wheels and going in circles. Yeah, no, I think, I think that's really, really um, important. You know, I, I, I feel like in your book, you kind of touched on it, but um, I'm, I'm curious to know if you think this is hokey or why you didn't go into great detail, but you, you, you alluded to creating a vision board or dream board, um, can it, you know, kind of a, something tactile to really show, here's what I want to do, here's where I want to be. And I remember years ago, I was like, kind of, I made fun of people with like, vision boards i was like oh my god these are like such you know oprah winfrey followers this is like such a joke you know but then i had a friend of mine a really good friend of mine saw his house once and i was in his bedroom he had a vision board man it was like it was like a tack what's what are they called um he he had a cork board and he had like he had he had pictures on his cork board and one was like of this really really super hot model i was like mm-hmm. okay he had uh i think a cadillac escalade that he had cut out and put it on the vision board i was like bro you're a pastor okay you're not gonna have that <laughs> um he had a picture of him from like 20 years ago when he was 180 pounds um, at that time, he was about 450 pounds. And, um, and I was like, dude, I go out to eat with you all the time. We eat like three donuts a night. You're never going <laughs> to lose weight, you know? Um, and, and I feel there, oh, and then he had a check for, he had made for a million dollars that he wanted to make, make a contribution to a, um, organization. And I just remember thinking, like, and I'm a positive guy, Carl. Like, I, right, I, I I'm a positive guy. I believe in everybody. I think, but this person, I was like, bro, like, this is a joke, you know. <laughs> Ten years later, like, I don't know about the million dollar check, but he got a really great job in healthcare. He picked me up in his Cadillac Escalade when I when I flew out to visit him. He has a super hot, gorgeous wife who's just the sweetest thing in the world. I mean, I, I just literally, oh, and he, he got on the cover of Nike's corporate magazine um, because he, he like weighs like 160 pounds and he runs every day. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. and I'm just like, holy smoke. And I'm not saying that the vision board did it, 
but the vision board reminded him daily of what um, he needed to aspire towards. So, so how do you do that? Cause like, you know, I have, I have pictures in my office. I don't even notice it anymore cause it's here every single day. So how do you kind of keep that vision board um, kind of um, relevant and, 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 and real in your life? Well, part of that comes with routine. You have to plan. You say, okay, every day, I mean, every day you're going to take a shower, right? Yeah. So every day you're going to do your sit-ups or whatever, you know, you create a routine and you keep, and even if you have to write that routine down and check it off every day to make sure you don't forget, then do that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, so the, I have vision boards, I have them on my wall, I have, there's an app on your phone where you can have it and it reminds you every day to look at it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's got a, like a five minute timer where it has a vision board in the background and it just loops everything in smaller pictures really quick, like imprint your mind. Mm-hmm. Um, but what, so two things, the vision board sets your reticular guidance system. So it sets your filters for the day. So you're looking at escalades and you're, you're going to talk to people about escalades and you're going to be, at, you know, see attractive people and have a conversation and the little things can delight and surprise you on how they happen. Cause mm. you're like, no, you look back, like, I can't even believe that this just came out of the blue. Yeah. It didn't come out of the blue. You started following a path with your emotions and your, you had your filter set, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. if you go out and you just look at what's around you, you're going to get more of what's around you. Cause that's all you pay attention to. So when you get up, put that vision board and you look at it and here's a, here's a trick with the vision board. Don't just look at the Escalade and go, that's a nice car. Take a minute and say, how would I feel? Opening that door, watching the steps slide down electronically, stepping up, smelling the leather, seeing the DVD screens, the, you know, how does that make you feel when that car starts and the engine, you know, 350 horsepower engine roars to light, you know, uh-huh. you know same thing with the, the hot model, right? Uh-huh. How would it feel to have her sitting next to you at dinner? You know, what would your conversation be like? How would you feel being able to, you know, have that person with you in, in all aspects of life? Don't just say, hey, yeah, she's hot. Say, you know, what does it feel like? Mm-hmm. And when you take your vision board and add feelings to it, it takes mm-hmm. it to a whole nother level and things can happen so much faster. So, so talk a little bit about meditation, because I, I feel like that's kind of a good link into that. You know, I, I know you practice meditation. Yeah. Um, what, what, are, what should people Every be day. doing? What should people be doing as they meditate? Meditation is important because it quiets your mind. You know, it stops you. We're thinking and thinking and thinking and output, 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 you know. And when we go to take input, we're watching TV or what, you know, listening to podcasts. We're, and those can all be good things but it doesn't allow us to receive, you know? So whether you believe in God or you believe in a higher power, there's some greater consciousness that's out there. Um, so if you want to pray to God and say, Hey, you know, I need help in my life or I need guidance, but you never listen, you're never going to receive. Uh-huh. And so quieting your mind, like I take 15 minutes and I like to do it in the morning because it sets my day. Uh-huh. Um, and I do 15 to 20 minutes, usually 15. Um, I'll turn on some white noise on my phone or some brown noise or maybe turn the fan on the microwave on or something like that. Just, just for a small sound to focus on that's consistent. And then I just, oh. sometimes I lie down, sometimes I sit up. And, 
but I just close my eyes and I focus on the sound. And initially it's really difficult and that 15 minutes takes forever. Uh Um, And sometimes you may only get three or four minutes of really deep meditation where you're just totally quiet because things start popping into your head, you know? Oh, I gotta do this, I gotta do that. So you know how you can like swipe on your phone and you know take a program mm-hmm. away yeah or to go to the next picture so in my mind I, I i literally if i'm meditating and i'm sitting there and i'm breathing and something pops in my head i just swipe it away and keep going and i just oh. just you know focus on nothing and you'll get in you know as you're coming out of meditation you'll get in, in many days you'll get like an inspiration to do something right follow that's what you're being told that's what mm. the universe is telling you to do so follow uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that. There, there's the, the 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 meditation is not just to only empty your mind. It's also also to be attuned to what your mind is telling you to focus on for the day as well. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, and that and that gives you actual strategic steps to to move forward in in your life. Can can we talk about? I I really appreciated what you wrote about. You you kind of read through like a bunch of things you do within an hour, your first hour of the day. And meditation was one of the things. But um, are you willing to share that with yeah. you know just what what are some of those things that you do during the day? Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So a morning routine is really really important to me it helps set my tone for the day um Mm -hmm. and you know what i wrote in the book is is specifically what i think would be a good thing for a lot of people to do um it does change over time depending on your priorities um you know like i have the first thing the first thing i do when i wake up is i just i try to connect to the higher power um you know um just wake up in the morning and get connected. It may take a minute. It may take whatever. Everyone doesn't have to take very long. Take 10 seconds. Uh You just say, Hey, good morning. Be with me today. Help me to be the best person I can be. I want to start out this day and I want to be able to help as many people as I can. And I want to make myself happy. Uh You know, whatever connecting is to you. And for me, I just connect and that makes me, you know, makes me feel good. Uh, Second thing I do is I, I appreciate um, cause if you can get into a mode of appreciating, then you're enjoying your day. You know, you have to appreciate what you have. You know, I appreciate my house. I appreciate how soft this pillow is. I appreciate that I can hear the birds chirping outside or I'm looking forward to my walk this morning or, you know, that sets another tone. Um, another one that, you know, make your bed. And I talk about that, you know, having a clean, nice area to live in and, you know, it's simple to do. Yeah. Um, you know, I go through my affirmations in the morning and I do that like 108 times, which is something in the book I explain why 108, but, you know, really feel the, and I, everything I talk about really goes back to feeling, you know, if you're going to yeah. say an affirmation, I am wealthy, I am happy, um, only good enters in my life, whatever that's going to be, say it and feel it, you know, because so many people, um, teach you to say things and to set your goals and to do all this stuff, but they really don't connect the emotional aspect of it. And that's why so many people fail. That's why so many people go back to these seminars hundreds of times and jump from one to the other is because no one really has them get that emotional connection. Uh Uh Um, Exercise, exercise in the morning, little thing on there about minutes. Um, right now, I'm, the weather's nice. I get up and I walk about three miles around our neighborhood, just, 
you know, watching the sun come up. And, and to me, that just, that just sets my day. By the time I move into the day, I've had a good hour of just positivity and, and thankfulness and appreciation. Okay. Um, yeah. I think that's but really awesome. Is one of those. Yeah. And I think I, in the book, what you said for exercise, which really stood out to me was like, you know, do 10 jumping jacks, do some pushups, you know, I think you said squats or something. And I was like, yeah, that's so simple. You know, I, I, I should be able to do that. And I need to start doing that. Just, I mean, I, I exercise every morning, but even like what you said in the winter, when it's harder to do, like those are some basic calisthenics that anybody can do as well. And you feel good about it yourself. It wakes you up in the morning. You know. And what made me think about that is I had a patient come in and he was talking about um, a friend of his, and I forget exactly why we we're talking about it, but the guy is like 75, 80 years old at the time, but he's known and they've known each other since they were kids. And ever since this guy was like 16 years old, he gets up in the morning and I forget, he, he does that same little routine. And he's like, my friend has never been sick. He's always, you know, always yeah. healthy, always you know, looks good, weighs good, you know, and it's mm -hmm. like, so it's like, if you can, it, it's something again, that changes your mind. If you have the discipline to do that yeah. every morning or yeah. do something similar, you're going to feel empowered because now mm -hmm. if you can do that, what else can I do today? Right. No, I think that's really great. You're listening to the concierge minister podcast. If you want to support this unique ministry, you can make a contribution through Patreon, become a monthly donor or one-time giver. Your contribution allows Concierge Minister to provide new resources to help you live your best life. Just visit the show notes to find the link to Patreon. You know, every chapter in Carl's book, is he has several questions for you to actually contemplate and think about and actually answer. I, I really love that about your book. Um, but then you also offer some freebies in your book. You have a 30-day plan. You also have some web extras that people can go to go there. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so on the website, I wanted to give people an opportunity to dive a little deeper. You know, some people, I, I think the book's a pretty easy read, as you know, the concepts are, you know, some are, might have to go over whatever, but um, yeah, you can go to the website and we have, um, you know, a 30 day plan. That's basically, it helps you with your morning routine. It helps you um, really understand like what your, what your goals are, you know? Yeah. And during that 30 days, I really only want you to focus on one thing. So if you're pretty happy in your relationship and you're pretty healthy, you know, you know, we can always improve, but if, if it's, you know, finances that you really want to improve your outlook on, then it's like, okay, for the next 30 days, I want you to do the morning routine. Your affirmations are gonna be based on finances. Um, you're gonna appreciate every little penny you find on the ground. And in that 30 days, you're gonna have a measurable change in not only how you feel about things, but actually in your bank account. Oh, oh, that's really great. And your website? So the website is fixyourstupid.com and it's pretty straightforward. Um, but yeah, you, we have a 30 day plan. I'm gonna be doing some different meditations on there. I'm um, uploading different videos all the time on explaining um, all of these nuances and activating systems and filters and guidance systems and just to help people be able to listen and understand that better. That's awesome. Carl, thanks so much for joining me today. I, it's really great. I loved your book. I love what you're doing. I love how you're trying to help people. Um, very, very good stuff. Thanks again, Carl.
Thanks for listening to the Concierge Minister Podcast. If you want to learn more about growing in your faith or looking for an online faith community for support while you're on your journey, please visit conciergeminister.com or send us an email at conciergeminister at gmail.com. Don't forget to click the subscribe button and give us a five-star rating. If you find this podcast helpful, please tell your friends about us. Thanks again for listening. Until next time, go and live your best life.